welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me, my friends. It's so good to be with you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this podcast and for being a part of our listening community, as well as if you're in our Kid Ministry Collective Facebook group, the KMC. Uh, If not, hey, why not? Come join us. Uh, Answer all the questions, and we'd love to have you as part of our community. Community is important. There's no doubt about it. And one of the things that I have learned over time with being in a part of a community is learning how important it is for using the things that we're doing now to to prayerfully evaluate for what's going to happen next year. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you thinking about the summer of 2024 yet? Now you're going, hold it, Tom. When when I'm listening to this and when we're recording this, it's mid-summer of 2023. Well, why should you be thinking about 2024 right now? Well, the reason why I'm asking that is because some leaders make the mistake of not taking the time before, during, and after events that we do, outreaches, vacation Bible schools, et cetera, we don't take the time to do evaluation. And then oftentimes we miss golden opportunities of learning. And every leader should be a growing leader. And so We're going to talk about in this episode, the power of evaluating now for the future. So before we dive in, let me just tell you a little bit about our episode sponsor, and that's kmccoach.net. For many leaders, they get stuck not thinking about the little things, and then they get overwhelmed by the big things. And sometimes their effectiveness is limited because they don't take time to ask the right questions. One of the powerful things about having a coach is that they can ask questions that you don't think of. I want to challenge you that if you've ever considered growing your leadership and growing your ministry influence, check out kmccoach.net. It's a custom and brand, uh, really a brand new model of hybrid coaching and mentoring all in one. Every journey is built for the participant. There is no cookie cutter. There's no extra courses to buy. There's no other hoops to jump through. If you are interested in investing time and energy into yourself to grow yourself, to be asked the questions that beg to be asked that you didn't even realize were begging to be asked so that you can grow your leadership so that you can grow your influence, so that you can grow your ministry, I would encourage you to check out kmccoach.net. Sometimes people think, oh, I can't afford coaching. Well, the price is high if you don't. If you stay where you are, imagine what the other leaders that are watching you, your senior leaders that you report to are going to be thinking. Why isn't this leader growing? Why aren't they developing? This is something every leader should do. It was the best investment I ever made in myself was to hire my own coach. There are a lot of people out there that call themselves coaches, but have never been coached themselves, or they haven't gone through any training to to learn to be a better coach. 
that's something that I, as a KMC coach, have done many times and have invested time and hours and finances in so that I can serve a leader better. So if you're interested in KMC coaching, uh, check it out. You can schedule a 30-minute coaching call. Uh, It's a clarity call. There's no pressure. It's where you can ask questions, where I can ask questions and see if we're the right fit for each other. If we're not, I have a lot of friends who I do trust, who I do know have been coached, who have gone through the training process and have learned to do what is proper coaching mentoring. And I would gladly recommend them to you. So with all that being said, check out kmccoach.net and uh, let's dive into this week's episode. How do we evaluate and what can what what is the power of evaluation? I know it doesn't sound that exciting of a topic, but this is important. And as leaders, we often miss this. I know I missed it when I was a younger leader. And I was so glad that someone pointed out to me the idea of evaluation, both pre, during, and post events. So let's talk about why is it so important? Well, there's a significance of evaluating events for leaders. And one of those things is learning the impact and the effectiveness of the event. Instead of saying, well, I think it was, I I, I believe it was, you're going to be able to, with proper evaluation, say, I know it was effective, or I know this wasn't effective. I know this went well. I know this didn't go well. We did this with strength. We had these areas that needed improvement. So evaluation is essential to growing our ministries. If you want to make 2024's events better than 2023, make sure that you're taking time. And it's not too late. Let's say your your VBS was a few weeks ago. It's not too late to go back through and at least do some post-event questioning. But it's important. These really do, doing proper evaluation identifies those areas of strength, identifies those opportunities that need improvement. And they're always opportunities. It's not what you did wrong. It's not what you failed at. It's opportunities to do it better the next time, to be more effective, to be more efficient in what you do. And the other thing that evaluation does for us is it gives us data that drives the insights for future decision-making. It ends speculation and thinking because, trust me, in ministry, we tend to inflate what happened. We tend to see have blind spots and we think things went great when in actuality, um, maybe they didn't go as good as we thought. Or maybe we think they didn't go that great, but then we look at the numbers and we see growth. So it gives you data. And like they say, numbers don't lie. If you've got the majority of your leaders saying this was a great event and you've got one or two naysayers, well, don't let those one or two naysayers kill the party. Uh, You've got data to show that the majority of the people thought this was a great event. So evaluation is huge. Now, how does evaluation support future planning for 2024? Well, It enhances your designing the next event. Maybe as you're looking back over your evaluation, and I'll talk about one of the things that we did effectively on our teams uh, that really helped us plan for the next year. But evaluation from the past event really helps us design a future event and learn how to execute it better based on the actual feedback we got rather than the assumptions or the ideas 
that we thought were happening. We have hard facts. Uh, we have people's testimonies and we have data to back up those ideas. It also, we can leverage those success stories to attract and engage more people in the coming year. When you have success stories of the previous year, it's going to help you with recruiting volunteers. It's going to help you promoting the future event um, because you're going to be able to share those. Storytelling is powerful. So you want stories, both good, bad, and ugly, to use in your evaluation process. You want to give people opportunity to tell you stories of how things went. Uh, get your team telling the story, and it will be a game changer for you. So evaluation supports it that way. It's You can leverage those success stories. Also, financial efficiency. You can re reallocate funds. Maybe you spent too much in one area where you could have spent it in another area and got more return of investment. Having that, having that great evaluation done and getting specific and asking specific questions will really help you figure out what you're doing well and what you're not doing well and how to better use the assets and the funds, the time, talent, and treasure Maybe you had too many people recruited into one area and you needed them in a different area. So it also is going to be a labor efficiency that you're going to be able to figure out. So finances, labor, like I say, time, talent, treasure, you're going to be able to make sure you're putting the resources and allocating them where they need to be in the future rather than where you thought they would be, especially when you've done an event for the very first time. It's critical that you take some time to evaluate what you're doing. So what are some questions you can ask before the event, the pre-event evaluation? Well, you're going to start thinking about these kind of questions. What are we doing well in promotion? How's it going? What kind of response are we getting? And why aren't we getting a response? Maybe we need to test. Um, there's a thing called A-B testing. You can try two different things, two different ways of promoting. Which one's getting more traction? Then you can pivot and you can customize. You can tweak. So once you get going, uh, here's another question that you should be asking. What's, what's going to be the overall? If we've done this in the past, what was the overall attendance and participation like in previous years? Use those that information to help you on this year. Another thing that you can do as you get ready to build it is did that event in the past get the target attendance um, and, and the target audience that we were looking for? Did it reach the people we were going after? Or did it miss the market that we were going for? How well did the marketing and promotion efforts perform? Again, double checking. Are we asking the right questions? Are we promoting in the right places to the right people at the right time? So those are some questions that you can use pre-event for the next year. You can look back, but you can also look forward. You want to keep these notes somewhere where you're going to find them. We always kept a file of our current event, and then we took some of that file and we put a new folder with the, the next year's date on it and put the, the current year's uh, evaluations in that next year's folder so that we could pull it out at the right time and start asking those questions. Now, when an event is happening, you need to evaluate. And most of us think about things before the event and we think of things after the event. But during the event, we miss asking some good questions. So here's some questions you could ask when you're doing your next 
event, during the middle of it? Are people really engaged? Are they actively involved in what we're doing? If you're doing an event and the engagement level is low and people aren't really getting involved in the event, well, then you need to start asking, well, why not? What were we doing that was causing the disengagement? Uh, I was at an event helping a church uh, as a consultation. Um, and one of the things that they we, we asked this question, uh, and I started asking, are, are, how are the engagement happening? What, where are they engaging? And where are they not engaging? Well, one of the things that we saw was in, our, in the fourth and fifth grade group, there was a group of kids that just were checked out. So we started asking, well, why are they? And I started watching them. Well, come to find out the way the people were leading, they were leading, they were, I guess I can say it, they were dumbing down what they were doing. And it was really beneath their target audience, the fourth and fifth, sixth grade kids. They were treating them like second and third graders. And it was almost embarrassing. And these kids were just almost devastated that they were being treated that way. And so they were checking out. If you don't ask the questions of why aren't we, why are, why are they engaging? Um, you're missing an important question. The other part is, is how is the event flowing? Is there any logistical issues? Was it, did it take too long for check-in? Is check-in causing us to start late? Um, are we doing something that makes us run too long? Uh, is the event really flowing? Are the transitions, is there enough time? Sometimes we plan, especially like vacation Bible schools, if you're not planning transition time, movement time in between your little segments, you're asking for trouble and you're asking that you're going to end up uh, finishing overtime. The one thing that you have to do is you've got to start on time and you've got to end on time. Let me tell you, there's nothing more irritating to a visiting non-church family than to say, "I'm we're going to start at this time and we're going to end at that time. Listen, you got to you've got to lock that down. And again, this is part of evaluating is are we starting on time or are we ending on time? Everybody always says, oh, Mondays are such train wrecks and we always start late. Well, what can you do better to prevent that from happening? Maybe there's some ways to start on time, but bring people in even though you've started. So asking yourself during the event, how is the flow going? Are there logistic issues that we can fix right now? Or are there issues that we're going to have to just deal with for the next time? Um, the sessions that you're doing, if you're, again, let's talk about Vacation Bible School, since that's the biggie that most children's ministry leaders, are your breakout sessions, are your individual groups, if you split it into rotations, how are those going? How are the speakers connecting with people? The leaders are connecting with people. Are they well organized? Um, we went into one vacation, again, uh, consulting with the church and trying to help them improve their children's ministry. And it just so happened that I, I could be there during their vacation Bible school. And I walked into the craft area only to find that half the time was passing out all the popsicle sticks and the paintbrushes and and all the tools. And then they literally had five minutes or less to put everything together. Kids don't enjoy that. Leaders don't enjoy that. So we made one simple suggestion of having several different areas where a group of volunteers could set up for the next rotation so that as the rotation came in, 
everything was in front of the kids and all you had to do is explain how to do the craft and go. And uh, I have a love-hate relationship with crafts. I'm just saying, I never was a crafty person. Uh, as a kid, I didn't like them. In fact, most of the crafts ended up for me in the trash can before I went home because I was a little embarrassed that that I made such a tragic piece of what they wanted to call art or whatever. Um, so I, I always tried to find, especially as I got older and I got into ministry, one of the things that I was sensitive is not every kid is a crafty kid. Um, those that love it, love it. And we want to make sure that they do love it. But we also wanted to have a way for those that weren't so loving of the craft idea to do that. And again, you got to ask those questions. That goes back to the engagement. If if you've got a group of kids that aren't engaging in craft time or not engaging in the game time or not engaging in the Bible story, you need to ask why. What's happening? Is it the environment? Is it the leader? Sometimes the reason why kids are causing problems uh, is not because they have behavior issues. It's the leader has issues. The leader's not engaging. The leader's talking in a monotone voice, or the leader is not dynamic, or the leader is ignoring that group, and or the leader is talking um, down to those kids, those kind of things. So pay attention to those things during the event. Are they being well-received? Is it working? All right. What can you ask post-event? Because these are some important questions. First question, did we meet the big object objective of why we are doing this event? If you don't have a clear, I mean, you first of all, I hope you know, you have to have a clear, clear, clear <laughs> hard for me to say, clear, crystal clear why. Why are we doing what we're doing? And did this event meet that expectation? Can we point to specific clear, definable things that said, yes, we've done this well. Another question, did the event meet the expectations of the participants? Did the kids engage with God, have a community around them that knew them, that loved them, that kept them safe? Did they have fun? Did they want to bring their friends? You know, we ask those kind of questions because we want to know. Now, how do we get some of those answers? Well, talk to the kids. Ask them some of these kind of questions. What did they learn? Did they like bringing their friends? Did they want to bring their friends? Did they have fun? What was the Bible lesson about? What did they learn about their relationship with God? Ask kids questions. If we're going to be about children's ministry, one of the biggest pieces that sometimes leaders miss is you forget to ask the kids what they think and get feedback from them. So in a post-event evaluation, I want to ask the kids and I want to ask the volunteers what went well, what were they well prepared for, what weren't they prepared for, what would help them be prepared better the next time. Again, what were the major strengths? What did we do really, really well? And where are there opportunities for growth? Where did we miss and how can we fix it? What are the aspects of the program that could be improved for next year? So what are the things that we could do? What are some things that we did this year that we should stop doing? You know, sometimes there's a question that gets missed. Should we stop this event? 
and do something different? Should we continue to do this? Was it effective? Let me tell you, you got to ask this question too. Would people recommend this event to others? So again, that's a great question to ask kids. It would be a great question to ask the parents who brought their kids or the families who came to the family event. Would you recommend this event to, to a friend? If they're telling you no, it was a waste of time, well, then you got some hard looking to do. So identifying and prioritizing those areas of improvement on that evaluation will be worth their weight in gold. And you've got to get them written down and saved somewhere, both electronically and on paper, so that you can find them, so that you can then analyze quantitatively and qualitatively the data and see those key takeaways that you can grow from. Your programs should never be on cruise control. If you find yourself on cruise control, that's a scary thing. Yeah, there's going to be some things that because you do it every year, it works and you just let it flow. But there are other things that you need to be very careful about and making sure that you are truly leaning into the power of the spirit to get it done the right way. But you need to identify where those things are and having the data backs it up and will help you speak very clearly about drawing on those new objectives. Now, uh, I think it's important that all of us help leaders uh, figure out these kind of things. Getting feedback helps you make imp- informed decisions and starts implementing changes. And when you do that, then you can start thinking, okay, so for next year, we need to start promoting sooner. We need to promote it to this area. We didn't get any kids from this area or we didn't do it from that. Um we were we got misaligned on our objective and we got off course here. And so we need to get back on track with our why and what we're doing. Or we put too many funds, too much time and talent and treasure in one area, and we should have put them into another area. Um, making sure that you're asking these questions allows you to take successful things from the previous events and put them forward to the next year. But again, asking that question, is there things that we need to stop doing uh, so that you don't have to keep repeating mistakes? The other thing is, is maybe, is it time for us to change something, even though it's working great? One year, we we had come off of a very successful family or a vacation Bible school. We had more kids than we've ever had, especially non-churched kids that said they don't go anywhere to church. They weren't just church hoppers. They weren't just bouncing from 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 their church to other churches because they their parents wanted free babysitting. These were kids that legitimately didn't go to church anywhere, as far as we could tell. And we wanted to continue to reach them. The program was going great. We had no reason to really make any major changes until I was standing in the back of the room and I had a, I had two moms walk up to me and they said, so when do we get to do something like that with our kids? And I was like, whoa, they didn't want to just, I, I, so I asked them, what, what do you mean? And they were like, well, we don't want to just drop our kids off. We, we'd actually like to do this. 
uh, you know, the one mom said, well, I've never been to a vacation Bible school as a kid. And when I heard about it, I thought this would be great for my kids. And they've, they've come home talking about so much about what they've learned and how much fun they had and how loving and kind your people are. We want to experience that for us too. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit had a, gave me a light bulb moment. And I looked at them and out of my mouth and much to my shock, I said, next year, we'll do something for you. And they both went, really? And I said, absolutely. We are going to change up what we're going to do. So at the final wrap-up meeting after Vacation Bible School was done, I had my lead team together and I said, guess what, gang? Um, we're going to do something totally different next year. Even though after we had been, we've gone through all of our evaluation questions and we went through other questions that, that I haven't even shared with you all here. Um, I share them with our coaching students and things. Um, but this is, I figured this is enough for the podcast. Uh, but our team was like, what? And as we started asking more questions and I, as they started asking me questions and I started sharing my heart and sharing what I learned from these mothers, because there was more to the conversation, I realized after, after talking to them, I needed to talk to some, some more parents. And so I went out and talked to some other parents before this meeting, and I got some real critical feedback that this was something that they really wanted. Parents wanted to come together with their kids. And so we changed it up and we went to a family vacation Bible school. Four nights with a dinner and special activities after the main programming. And we blew it out the next year. It was crazy amazing. Didn't require nearly as many volunteers as what we needed. We could put more money instead of in set design and building decorations into these special events to make them special for families and to create special resources that families could take home and do both during the event and after the event. And we had parents talking about it for years afterwards. They loved that version of Vacation Bible School because it was for the whole family. We would never have done that if we had not taken the time and the hard work of evaluating and asking questions. So let me encourage you to utilize the feedback to plan for next year. Start dreaming of what could be next year. If you get stuck again, check out kmccoach.net. This is something we help churches do. We help leaders do these kind of things, and we would love to help you make your next event a powerful life transformational event for both your church and your community. I hope that you can take these questions. We'll be putting them in the show notes. Uh, feel free to check it out. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll try to put as many of these questions in both pre, during, and post to help you as well. So again, God bless you. Thanks for listening. Uh, stay tuned for some more episodes. And again, if, if you can share this podcast, if you can review this podcast, we would love to have it. If you've got ideas for future podcasts or guests that you would like to hear from, we would love to hear from you. Uh, so check it out. So again, thanks for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective podcast and join me for another episode real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe 
and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills in ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.